Hey guys, this is Nick from the Pro Wrestling Podcast, and I'm here to tell you guys about a new comic book called Invasion from Planet WrestleTopia from Suspicious Behavior Comics. Invasion from Planet WrestleTopia is about a disgruntled pro wrestler who declares himself the galactic champion of the universe, but when he does that, a planet of alien wrestlers views it as an act of war. What happens next? Well, you got to read the comic to find out. I'm not going to spoil it for you. Check them out on Comixology. Comixology is a magazine and a comic book app available on Android and iOS devices. And, of course, you can find Invasion from Planet WrestleTopia from our friends at Suspicious Behavior Comics. Check them out. Hey, guys, it's the hardcore icon, Just Incredible. I want you to listen to the best podcast in the world, Pro Wrestling Podcast. Follow them on Twitter at ProWPodcast. Now, that's not just the coolest, and that's not just the best pro wrestling podcast. That's just incredible. Check them out. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hold one. Arm drag. Whoa. This is Brett Screwed Ref. Who are you to, to, to doubt El Dandy? Because this guy's a serious professional. Rep screwed rep. Hold two! Arm bar! Hey, get a nice shot of the brand new Mr. and Mrs. Hunter Hurst Helmsley. I hate you. I hate you. I hate your hat. I hate your t-shirts. I hate your wristbands. I hate your shoes. I hate your music. I hate the C-Nation. I hate everything that you stand for. So does rule. Yeah, they do. <laughs> Hold three. The moss-covered, three-handled family grenunzel. It's me, Austin. It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. Just when they think they got the answers, I change the questions. Hell yeah! Hello everyone, welcome to the Pro Wrestling Record World in Cleveland, Ohio. I am your dangerous, ever so smooth talking, ever so amazing host, Nick. And with me, as always, is Matt. Hello, wrestling people. How are you, Matt? Oh, I'm just dandy, Nick. How are you? Oh, I'm, I'm good. I'm, uh... A little, little shaken up. I've got some bad personal news. I'm not going to say on air or anything, but, um, you know, it's just going through some personal stuff, but that does not detract from the fact that I have a public duty to serve as the most amazing podcast host of all time. So when are you actually going to start doing that? That hurts. That, that, that you know, that, that was a little blow. I, I'm, I'm, in the words of Wade Goodman from Dodgeball, yes, I'm referencing Dodgeball, I'm better than you, and I know it. Well, Nick, this is a wrestling podcast. <laughs> so, in the words of Ron Simmons, damn! And it's times like these I really wish I had a soundboard. Yeah, well, you get on that. <laughs> Just get on it. 
Just kidding. Everyone help the show. The Gmail is ProWrestlingPod at gmail.com. Once again, ProWrestlingPod at gmail.com. Facebook is Facebook.com slash ProWrestlingPod. Once again, Facebook.com slash ProWrestlingPod. The Twitter is at ProWPodcast. Once again, at ProWPodcast. ProWrestlingPod.blogspot.com, the official website. Interviews, blog posts, all that good stuff. Available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and right here on Anchor. So, how are you doing? Did I ask you how you're doing? I think I did. Mom, I'm going to ask you. You already did. did. You already did. did I, jump I replied with Dandy, and I asked you how you were, and then you said that you were going through some personal stuff. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I, think I kind of got ahead of myself a little bit. Yeah, so, I mean, we can redo the whole thing right now if you want. <laughs> oh, I'm doing Dandy, Nick. How are you doing? Okay, you know what? Let's just... I don't like you right now. <laughs> <laughs> so we we got a lot of, lot to talk about. We're of course doing your twenty four seven update, um, which we do every single episode here on the Pro Wrestling Podcast. Paul Heyman, Paul Heyman is pushing someone that I think is a good move. We're going to get into that. Uh, AEW making an offer to a mega WWE superstar. Again, that is, I, I think, amazing news. But you know we'll. We'll get into that as well. Impact may have a new home, a woman superstar turning heel, and King of the Ring, is your bracket busted, or are you still good? And someone actually got fired, kayfabe fired, from WWE. Uh, of course, this is our go-home episode of Clash of Champions, so we will be uh, jumping into that. But first, I want to make mention, let's just, let's just get this off our chest. We, before we got there, we kind of debated going back and forth a little bit about even if we should mention this. I don't even know what the right avenue is, so I guess we might as well just start with this and just get it out the way. Um, so, and now I'm kind of glad I didn't do this, but a while back I was actually going to tease that we were going to have a former ECW champion on the podcast. Now, I did not tease that, and I'm kind of glad I didn't, looking back. Um, I, it's kind of a little, I don't want to say it's an elephant in the room, it's more like a, what, what's an animal smaller than an elephant? Like, uh, like almost every other animal. <laughs> like a koala bear. You know, how about a koala? Those, those things are small, so we'll, we'll say the koala bear in the room. Um, and that koala bear in the room, so to speak... Uh, was former ECW champion Just Incredible. Um, we had worked out a deal with Just Incredible where we paid him money. It, it wasn't a lot of money by any means, just, you know, some, some money, to appear on our show. Now, the original deal was, as you heard from the intro, um, he was to do an intro for our show, and then actually appear on the show as an interview. Well, I, he, he half-stiffed us on the deal, as I think is the best way to put it. So, obviously, he came through with the intro, which, look, in, in all honesty, I think was a pretty good intro. I, I, I loved it, honestly. Um, the other half of that, however, is we kind of got stood up more than and a fat kid on prime night in high school, which you could probably relate. So, what, me? 
<laughs> I had to take a shot at you. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's what you get. That's what you get. That's payback. Um, so he and we set up a, a time and a date to do the interview. Um, 20 minutes go by, 40 minutes go by, an hour goes by. We haven't heard from him. And I would say maybe around like the half hour mark, we said, hey, you know, we're online. We're ready to do this uh, Skype interview. Didn't hear I would anything. say even before the half hour mark, we were doing that. I mean, like we, 10 probably. minutes and we started messaging him. And we, we heard nothing. And I was over at your house. Now, I, I need to preface something here. Um, whenever we do any kind of interview, it's, it's always been in person, which uh, honestly, I, I'm, I prefer in person interviews. However, I thought it'd be kind of cool to do something different, do something over Skype. You know, we don't have to worry about travel or accommodations, nothing. It's all done online. Plus, um, we're in the farm, so that's what we do. We never call it the farm. But anyway, so the farm, oh my God, I just said it. The farm is. Um, like maybe like a 40 minute drive from where I live and in reverse for you to go to the farm to the nerd cave is 40 minutes so it's not like it's a long range of time to get from point A to point B but it's kind of considerable a little bit um, the farm for those of you who don't know that's Parma Ohio nerd cave that's in what are you Illyria 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 Ohio which both are, are suburbs of Cleveland. Um, so it, you have to imagine, like, I'm, we're driving 40 minutes to do, I would say, maybe a 40-minute interview. Like, at, at some point, like, you know, you show up, you twiddle your thumb, and realize that he wasn't showing up. Now, this was interview one. Um, and I go to leave, I, you know, I, I pack up my laptop and everything, I hit the road. By the time I got home, 40 minutes later, he said, sorry, I'm online now, or something to that extent. So I'm like, okay, well, maybe he just got wrapped up in whatever. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. That's fine. So then, I think like a week later, give or take, um, we set up another date and time, and this time, you came over to my house exclusively for this podcast, uh, for the interview. So, you drive 40 minutes to the Nerd Cave, and it's the same thing, you know. But this time, right away, we sent him a message on Twitter saying, hey, we're online, we're ready to go. Uh, 20 minutes go by, 40 minutes go by, and at that point, we realized, okay, this is already happening again. We pack up. And then I hear, I think like two hours later from him that night, saying that, I'm sorry, let's set this up again. And at that point, we did not respond. Now, I need to point something out, is that during all of this, uh, during the first setup interview, um, you had asked me to come by, um, for those who may not have known, um, you and your wife, Tiffany, are expecting your first child. And you asked me to come over a little earlier that day to help paint the, the nursery room which, you know, I go there, we paint. So that, that trip, at least I got something out of it. I helped you paint. My problem is that the second time, you drove over to my house exclusively just for the interview, and that did not happen. 
And uh, it, it didn't happen, but I, I got to see my BFF, your wife, Rebecca. That's a plus. Oh, that's always a plus. You yeah. Know, and another plus is that she's married to the most awesome man in the universe, which I'm drawing a blank on his name, but I heard he's pretty cool. Um, now, All right, so, so you do know about that. Know about what? Well, she's with another guy. Okay, you're ridiculous. Um, now... Some, something else, you know, it, 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 and, and look, in no way am I blaming this, you know, for the reason of him missing the show, okay? I do understand that, you know, he's, he's had some personal demons that he's, that he, he's dealt with in the past, and, he, you know, he, he claims he's sober, which, you know, he, maybe he is, maybe he's not, I don't know, so I can't, I'm not going to pass any judgment one way or the other. Um, but I think at the end of the day, it comes off very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Very bag, douchebaggery? I was going to say rip-offery, so I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I love our vernacular, it's, it's, it's right on point. Um, either way, it's very, uh, and as lifelong wrestling fans, it's depressing to see, you know, regardless who the wrestler is. It could be a local talent, it could be a, a national talent, whatever the case is. Now, the thing is, and not that I idolized Justin Credible in any way growing up, but I will say this, I enjoyed his work in ECW, you know. I, I love the Impact players, I love his solo run for the title. I thought if anyone, Justin Credible has a pretty good story to tell and on top of that i would love to get an actual wrestler's opinion about aew and where they can go and when you do something like this it, it leaves a really bad taste in our mouths and it got to the point to where we have not responded to him and quite honestly we will not be responding to him i think ah. in order to make it up to us justin credible needs to get on an airplane and travel from Waterbury, Connecticut, to Cleveland, Ohio, to be on our show in person. Yeah, I, I agree. I, <laughs> um, I, 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 in a weird way, I kind of actually agree with you for a change. I think that, you know, I, I feel like we got stiffed, not totally bad, but it's still money, you know, that I, I paid out of my pocket that I'm not getting back. Um, you know, so I, I, I don't know, I guess lesson learned <laughs> on, on my end. Um, which is, in a way, though, you know what, I'm actually kind of glad that happened, because now it, it kind of, after all this happened, um, a light bulb kind of went off in my head and saying, you know what, maybe that's a sign that we should stick to uh, the local wrestlers, to, to, to the ones who are busting their butts trying to make a name for themselves, who want the publicity, who want to be on the show. You know, and I always go back to Jackson Stone was phenomenal on the show, and he, he every time we see him, he's like, hey, when can I come on? When can I come on? And it, it's always been a scheduling thing because he's traveling a lot, but um, I guarantee you down the line, Jackson Stone will be back on the show. Yeah, I think, you know, after all this, I've realized something. I like PJ Walker better than Just Incredible. <laughs> and and where does Aldo Montoya rank on your list? Oh, that's a good one. Maybe second. 
May, PG Walker, Montoya, and then Justin Incredible. Fair enough. That's fair. So, um, again, I look, I I have a lot of respect for him, but after you do something like that, it's kind of hard for me to respect you. Um, we, we, we went back and forth a little bit before we got on air if we even wanted to discuss this. Um, and in a way, I, I'm kind of glad that we are. So, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know where this puts us um, for the future in terms of not just him, but really any major name, for lack of a better word, coming on the show. And I'm okay with that in a way. You know, I really am. I, th I think maybe we need to reevaluate our moves in that department, but I think at the same time, I'm embracing the future of, of what we do. Yeah, I mean, we'll have other opportunities later on down the road, so. Yeah, so, in other words, just just stay tuned. Um, anyway, so we, we got we got the, the koala bear in the room out the way. Um, so, with that being said, let's knock it out, Matt. Give me that 24-7 update. Okay, you ready for it, Nick? Oh, man, I... I don't know if you're going to discuss this, but I did see something on YouTube that I, I died laughing at for the 24-7 title, but I want to hear what you say first. Okay. So, Drake Maverick lost the belt to Bo Dallas. Bo Dallas then loses the belt later on that night to Drake Maverick, who then gets rolled up by R-Truth, who is hiding... <laughs> Inside the King of the Rings set, R-Truth then, well, before I get into what happened with R-Truth, the next show was when they went to uh, Madison Square Garden. So this may be the, the video that you've seen that you're about ready to talk about. Okay. Uh, Drake Maverick was seen walking all throughout that whole area, all throughout New York. Looking for our truth. He's in Times Square. He's down by the Statue of Liberty. And he's passing out flyers. Everyone saying, "Have you seen this man?" Everyone's just kind of like walking past him, shaking their head no. A couple people take the flyer and they're looking at it, and they're like, "No, I haven't seen this guy." And it was pretty funny. I liked it. That okay? That was not the video I was talking about. The one I saw was, I believe, it was on YouTube. Where any you can tell was obviously staged. Um, Our truth got pulled over, okay, and the the cop goes up by his window and he says that he's going to have to search his vehicle with permission. Our truth gives him permission. He opens. He tells Our truth to open the trunk, and Our truth opens the trunk of his SUV, and as he's taken out his 24-7 title, he turns around and one of the cops is wearing a referee shirt and the other cop attempts to roll up R-Truth to become 24-7 champion. No, I actually did not see that video. <laughs> yeah, so it, right after we get done with this podcast, guess what I'm going to do? <laughs> and then the thing was, it was a normal cop. It's not like someone who was like, like you could tell like they're a wrestler or whatever. It was a legit regular cop. And you, you could just tell, like, like I, I don't think it was 
a legit cop. It was well, not like it was more like a rent a cop or something. Yeah, I'm sure it was, but it was still like it's so funny. He did not capture the 24/7 title, however. Our truth was able to escape, but it was it was just the most our truth thing I think I've ever seen. Well, I guess he wasn't detained or arrested, so I guess technically he could leave the scene of. I don't want to say crime, because he was just pulled over. But but that was still warrant a police chase. So why aren't the police chasing him right now? Well, the guy was out of shape. He's probably still catching his breath from trying to do a roll-up. But I like Someone kick his ass out of Dunkin' Donuts and have him go chase after him. Do you not know the season, man? They got all the pumpkin flavors out. Can you blame him? Oh, jeez. <laughs> Anyways, back to... Uh, 24-7 championship update. Right. Um, so it was Monday Night Raw, I believe. R-Truth, he was out in the ring during the pre-show. And one of the fans in attendance was, I, I hope I'm saying this right, maybe you would know, Enos Cantor? Oh, yeah, Enos Cantor. Um, okay. who, who played for the New York Knicks, demanded a trade, and they traded him to the Boston Celtics. Yeah, he lost it to that guy. Yeah, I saw that. Enos Kanter is a now former WWE 24-7 champion, and man, did he get booed out of the building. Yeah, you said former because our truth pinned him again. Yeah. So, uh, do, do you like the celebrity involvement? I mean, I don't, I don't even know if you can call it celebrity involvement necessarily. Uh, Ian Scanner is a big name in basketball, so, you know, maybe. But they also had that Fox Sports announcer become 24-7 champion. Do you like that? I mean... It's okay as long as they don't overdo it. Like, yeah. maybe every once in a while, have a celebrity either win it or attempt to win it. Right. What I would like to see, though, is more the the YouTube stuff with, like, the police officer. Because a lot of that's just shown on WWE.com. I'd right. rather that be the skit for um, the championship on Raw or SmackDown. I agree. How, how, how would you feel if the very first night of NXT on the USA Network, which we're doing this Friday night, uh, so, and it just reads, it's six days away, which is crazy to me. How would you feel the very first night at NXT, R-Truth shows up because he thought it was Raw, and then next thing you know, an NXT guy comes and pins him and becomes 24-7 champion? I would actually love that, because a while back, I wrote a blog for the website, and one of the things I said was, you need to get the other brands involved, whether it's NXT, 205 Live, NXT UK... Because when Mick Foley introduced the belt, he said it was open to everyone across right. all brands. So I think they should do that. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Why not push it? You know, make it make it what it should be. You know, and I don't know. They love our truth as champion. That's that's for sure. Which I'm okay with because if anyone carries that belt, it's our truth. Well, he's won oh, it more times than anybody. Yeah. Although I gotta believe Drake Maverick isn't too far behind. Yeah, I would say he has to be a close second. Alright, moving on. I, I'm very happy about this. I really am. 
And that is Paul Heyman. Now, Paul Heyman, he has a, a certain group of guys that he loves to push. And I read somewhere that he's kind of using ECW as a concept for this, as guys who he thought would get over in the original ECW that might actually, that could actually also get over in WWE. Like, he's kind of using ECW as that standard in a way. Uh, one of those names was Braun Strowman, and we mentioned that a couple weeks ago. However, now there's a new name emerging, and that is Cedric Alexander. Uh, Cedric Alexander obviously has been, I, I would say, at least a talking point on WWE television. Um, the Lombard Check, I still maintain, is probably one of my favorite finishers in all WWE today. Um, how do you feel about them pushing Cedric Alexander? And do you think that Cedric could be one of the guys going forward? Well, from everything I've read, it said that Paul Heyman wants to give him a slow push to the top of the roster. Right. And I'm in favor of it being a slow push. Because if you just push him straight to the top, one, it's not going to make sense. Two, I don't think people will enjoy it quite as much. Right. But I also think that them pushing him could be a good thing for a lot of the smaller talent. Uh, Cedric Alexander came out of 205 Live. So you look at guys like Ali. I mean, he came out of that 205 Live. You know, maybe there's a chance someone will look at him the same way how Paul Heyman is looking at Cedric Alexander. Now, who do you think... I, I have my pick for this, but who do you think would be more marketable? Is Cedric or Ali, since we're comparing the two? Uh, that one I'm not too sure about. I mean, Ali has been doing the whole inspirational gimmick. So you can market that. Uh, Cedric Alexander, I feel like he doesn't really have too much of a gimmick to sell people on. Right. I, I, I kind of feel like Cedric is still trying to find out his identity, which I, I don't think that's a bad thing either. You know, you sometimes you have to float around a little bit, if you will, before you actually find something that you can really sink your teeth into. I think he could uh, find something. Uh, maybe it's just like a good feud that he needs. And right now, this slow push includes him feuding with AJ Styles. Right. Now, I'm not saying take the bell off of AJ, put it on Cedric, although I wouldn't be surprised to see that happen. Oh, we'll get into that. Yeah, we'll get into that. Um, I think he has a shot at becoming something special in the very least. Right. He's really talented in the ring. Oh, yeah, he's, he's phenomenal. The one thing I want to see more of is his mic skills. Yeah, we haven't really seen much of that, have we? Um, you know, I did that one spot a couple weeks ago, though, where he jumped off of the, the Titantron. Do you remember that at all? Matt, are you there? All right, I am assuming we lost Matt for the time being. Um... One of the downfalls of doing a podcast over the internet is that, unfortunately, people will tune in and out like this. Um, 
So anyway, the spot I was referring to was when, uh, I believe it was the OC, and there might have been more tag teams, I'm not fully sure, uh, Cedric Alexander climbed to the top of the, well, not the top, but sort of like the beginning of the Titan Tron, if you want, just sort of just dove off and landed right onto like the OC and everyone, and it was it was a great spot. And if that's the start of his push, I'm really eager to see what comes with Cedric Alexander's push. I think Cedric Alexander, he's going to be good. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. All right, so moving right along. Now, this is a new story that I, I, I don't know if I'm fully surprised about it or not. And that is AEW sent an offer to a major WWE name back in February. And it, it's kind of been uh, coming to light now, which doesn't surprise me at all. And yeah, it's been that's, yeah, hush, hush. Right. And that superstar is none other than the Apex Predator, Randy Orton. Now, I was, I'm, I'm intrigued by this. Um, there's a part of me that thinks, yeah, he's a WWE guy through and through. But... Can you really say that though? Because as as look, as much as people want to say, oh, there's going to there's an impending war between NXT and AEW. I'm going to steal a line from something CM Punk said over Starcast weekend, and that's, don't be suckered into thinking there's a war. He said, just all this is doing is just you can watch as much wrestling as you want, and and he's like, don't let either side tell you that there's a war because there's not. Just reap the benefits of what's going on. And I fully believe that, and I feel like if you're going to use that same uh, line of thinking, then I really do believe that a guy like Randy Orton, if he jumped to AEW, man, could that be great storytelling on AEW's part. I gotta disagree with CM Punk. I do consider it a war because they're competing against each other. They want to close each other down. I mean, in war, that's what you want. You want to take over. But see, but and, and see, that's kind of, I think, his argument is, is that, is there really a war? Because when you think about it, was there really a war between WWE and TNA in their heyday? Like, I mean, yeah, they took shots here and there at each other, but it's not one closed down the other. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call that one a war. I would call that one a battle. Because... TNA went to Monday night to compete with them, and it ended badly. They backed down. Yeah, but I mean, I think at the same time, you could say that about AEW in a sense. I mean, like, they knew NXT was on Wednesdays at 8 o'clock. I mean, okay, I don't I'll think like this. I, I'll give you that it may not be a war yet. Right now, it feels like AEW's preparing for battle. See, I don't know. I mean, I just think that the whole war ideology, like, to me, that just sounds so 90s and Attitude Era-esque. It's like, why can't we just enjoy what's going on instead of getting caught up on, oh, I'm on Team WWE or I'm on Team AEW. Like, why can't we just, as fans, just sit back and just watch it? <laughs> because the last time there was a competitive wrestling organization around, it was WCW. And back then, you either watched WCW or you watched WWF at the time. But the beauty of it is that... It was very few people who watched 
in both. I understand that, but the beauty of it is that even before WWE and WCW were like true rivals, WCW was still around for years before then. NXT or AEW, they've only had four shows up until this point. Like, I don't know, I just feel like anyone comparing AEW to WCW, like that it's not a comparison. It's not even close. Now, if you ask me again in five or ten years, my opinion might change on that because we've had time to see it play out. But right now, it, it, to me, it's like comparing a high school football team to a pro football team. I, I see more of a comparison than you do. WCW and AEW both owned it. Owned it. Uh, both organizations were owned by a billionaire. Both organizations were put on the nationally syndicated television station. Uh, I'm, not both... saying, I'm not saying there's no similarities. There's a ton of similarities. I just feel like to compare AEW to WCW, it's like AEW, again, like AEW, they haven't have been around nearly as long as what WCW was. Yeah, but really, you're going off of. How how long a company has been in business? What does that have to do with competing against WWE? I don't think it has to play into the war concept. I mean, because if you're comparing WCW and WWE as a war, then how can you say that about AEW when AEW is not nearly the giant as what WCW was? Okay, how about this? We're going to talk a little American history here. Ooh, I love American history. Okay. What was the Revolutionary War? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Great Britain versus what is now known as the United States of America. Correct? Yeah. Was America around for a long period of time before this war? No. Okay, I'm, I'm failing to see the comparison. Because you're saying it's not really a war because AEW has only ran four shows. <laughs> but maybe, uh, see, again, like, we're, we're just going to keep disagreeing. <laughs> because, like, I just, like, you're comparing literal war to a metaphoric war. Like, it's two completely different things to me. They are two completely different things. But it's strange that you would put in the category of not being a war because of how long a company has been in business. Okay, how about this? I am going to, right now, as we tweet, as we tweet, as we podcast, I'm going to send out a tweet right now that says, do you think AEW versus NXT should be considered a war? Do you think NXT Versus AEW. Now, see, before we were talking about being uh, AEW versus WWE, now you're going with AEW versus NXT as a brand. Okay, well, all right, fair enough. Then I will change that to WWE. Okay. Okay. Yes or no? All right. I don't know how many votes we're going to get by the end of this episode, but a little social experiment. Yeah, why not? How many votes do I get to cast? None. You will not tamper this, okay? This is... <laughs> in no way are you going to... 
taper this. Um, because I am right and you are wrong. You know, I feel like the, the guy from Matilda who said, I'm right, you're wrong, I'm big, you're short. Uh, oh, God, who was that? Danny DeVito. Right? Yeah, that was Danny DeVito. I don't know. It, I mean, I'm trying to think if I've ever seen the movie all the way through. What? How have you not seen Matilda all the way through? Because, you know, I was actually cool when I was growing up. Oh, we got our first vote, and it was for no. So, one vote, Nick. Okay. Look, people. <laughs> you guys need to start listening to me more. Alright? I mean, look at the pay-per-view records. I own Nick in that. Alright? So, therefore, I know more about wrestling than what Nick does. Well, somehow we talk about Randy Orton going to AEW, and that just explodes into this WWE. not... This ain't how I picture the conversation going. I pictured it going more like AEW offered Randy Orton a deal back in February that's just now breaking. He is, however, signed until 2020. But if the pay is high enough, he may be tempted since he's real good friends with Chris Jericho. (laughs) But but that's hypothetically if we, we talked about it, right? Yeah, hypothetical. Oh, okay. Well, let's let's talk about another company that seems to kind of be pushed to the side, and that is Impact. Okay, Impact has—I don't know—did they actually announce a new TV deal? Like, I feel like we always talk about Impact on TV. It seems like they did, but they haven't announced a day or a time slot or anything like that. Uh, oh. Right now. Uh, following the October 20th Bound for Glory pay-per-view event, uh, Impact is going to move their weekly television show to AXS. Access. Is that how it's pronounced? Because I just always see, like, I always just see the three letters I I just assumed. So, I watch New Japan from time to time, and during commercials, they would say, only on Access TV. I'm like, okay, that's kind of a weird, I guess, millennial spelling of Axis, but I will go with it. Okay, because usually when I watch New Japan Pro Wrestling, I get frustrated at the pronunciation of these guys' names. <laughs> so I'll turn it before the commercial. <laughs> um, but the move is was widely expected after Mark Cuban sold his majority stake in access to the owner of Impact, which is Anthem Sports and Entertainment. Right. Uh, as you said, Access is already the home of New Japan Pro Wrestling, and it's also the home of WOW, which is Women of Wrestling. Yeah. So, Access is clearly making a push into the wrestling market, and I'm okay with it. I, th- I think it's a breath of fresh air. I... I- I've always said this about TNA, and I really hope that they make a huge comeback, and they, they're a big factor in this, as you put it, quote-unquote, war, which you are losing badly, my friend. Look at it like this. There's three <laughs> companies involved in the 90s. All right, oh my gosh. Impact Wrestling can turn things around. They can easily be that third company. <laughs> well, you're losing 80% are saying no, 20% are saying yes. Those 20% smart people. 
Oh, kudos to Impact for getting a new TV deal. Um, I, I do not have access, unfortunately. I will not be watching. Maybe I'll catch some stuff on YouTube here and there. Um, but no, good for them. You know, I, I say it really is good for them. All right, so we have got to talk about your King of the Ring bracket. Um, mine, unfortunately, has been busted. Uh, both of ours, really, because I believe you said Samoa Joe as well. What I meant to say... <laughs> Matt, Matt's trying to save face. I love it. Um, yeah, no, so we both predicted Samoa Joe. There was a triple threat match between Samoa Joe, Ricochet, and Baron Corbin. And uh, who saw that one coming, by the way? A triple threat match? That, that's I, I never happened. I can't feel like whoever wins King of the Ring should have, like, an asterisk by their name. I would say an asterisk if... See, I mean, if it's from the... It's Baron Corbin from the Raw side, right? Yes. Okay, maybe if he wins, there should be an asterisk by his name. Although, to be fair... Um, the reason why it's a triple threat match is because Ricochet and Samoa Joe went to a, a double pinfall. Right. So, I mean, really, no matter which one of those guys you put up against Corbin, Corbin still got the victory. So, I don't really know if the asterisk is even needed. Right. I, I see what you're saying. Um... Okay, so now we know in the finals it will be Baron Corbin versus Chad Gable. Um, we're going we might as well just say it now. Um, again, spoiler alert, I guess, if you haven't seen SmackDown yet, but um, Shane McMahon announced that Elias could not compete due to injury, and therefore he was essentially taking his place, and he wanted Kevin Owens to be the special ref. And from there... Uh, Essentially, they, uh, KO did a quick count on uh, Chad Gable. However, Shane McMahon demanded a restart, and that allowed... Uh, I believe he, he called it two out of three falls, right? Yeah. yeah. And then from there, um, he won the second fall, and the third fall was a figure, or an ankle lock that was then turned into like a a laying down leg lock kind of thing, at which point Shane tapped. Now, KO did not necessarily call for the bell. However, the bell did ring, and Chad Gable moves on to the finals. Meanwhile, Shane McMahon gets up, grabs a mic, and tells Kevin Owens he's fired and proceeds to beat him up. Um, first of all, before we get into the King of the Ring finals, what are your thoughts on the whole Kevin Owens storyline? It's... It reminds me of the Vince McMahon Stone Cold feud a little bit. Okay. I mean, it doesn't have as much steam, but the comparison's definitely there. Yeah. Um, and Kevin Owens then went on Twitter. I don't know if you saw this, and I don't. It, it could be considered spoils spoilers, so maybe I shouldn't necessarily say, but. I will say this much. He did tweet something that kind of points to where his future is going. And, again, I just I don't want to get into it because I don't... I, I've always been one to try not to spoil anything for anybody. 
Um, however, with that being said, the finals is now Chad Gable versus Baron Corbin, which if I had to make a pick, why the heck not? I'm going Baron Corbin. Okay. okay. Um, so we're doing this. We're making picks now, right? Yeah, might as well. I think I'm going to go with Chad Gable. Okay. I think... What was that one match he had? I forget who he was facing. But it was a really good match. And by the end of the match, the whole crowd was chanting for Gable. See, Gable, Gable is, un, is criminally underrated, in my opinion. You know, I always felt that in NXT, because in NXT he was great by himself. And then they pair him with Jason Jordan, and they form American Alpha. And I was okay with it, but I kind of felt like, eh, at the same time, I don't know how much of this is going to be Gable. And here we are on the main roster, and I still kind of feel that way about Like, I can't put him in the Cedric Alexander category of, I'm still trying to figure you out a little bit. Except I kind of put him in a slightly different category, because... We have a better understanding of who he is because he's been on the main roster a little bit longer. That's fair. Yeah, I'll give you that. I I, I think the sky really is the limit for someone like Gable. Um, I don't know. I just I, I always go with my gut when I do any kind of prediction, and which clearly has led me to a winless pay per view record. But I will yeah, say yeah. that. <laughs> I will say that I, I don't know. I, I just I get the feeling it's going to be King Corbin, and it, in a way, I can still see Gable winning though, which which is which just means it's good booking by WWE because you don't know who's necessarily going to win, you know. So right. I don't know. I, again, I always go with my gut, and my gut's telling me Corbin. Which I'm, I'm okay with either one winning though. Yeah, I'm still going to go with Chad Gable. It just seems like the crowd's getting behind him. And, you know, who would have thought that WWE would have pushed them all the way to the finals? Oh, no, I, I, I had no idea that they were going to push them to the finals. Right, like, nobody's seen it coming. Yeah. And, to me, that says a lot. It shows that they're investing in them, which is good. So, why not take a chance, you know? Give them the king of the ring. Yeah. I mean, look at it this way. Billy Gunn won the King of the Ring. <laughs> Kent Shamrock won King of the Ring. They didn't really do anything. Sure, they won, like, Which... Intercontinental Tag Team, but they never reached the main event. Which so is interesting, you... because if you go over to prosandpod.blogspot.com, you can read a blog post I did about five bad King of the Ring winners. Everyone wants to talk about the good, about Steve Austin winning it and so forth. But they never talk about the bad. So if you want to check that out, prosandpod.blogspot.com. Just curious, how many bad King of the Rings did you mention? Um, I don't have it in front of me. Um, unfortunately, I do not save the, uh, the um, list on my computer. You'd have to go to the website. Um, but there were actually surprisingly some forgettable ones. And I was actually... For, for something that doesn't run annually, I was actually kind of surprised by that. Okay, so uh, who's probably the worst King of the Ring, in your opinion? Um, or do you want to just save that for as a tease? No, no, we could definitely say it. Um, 
I I don't see. I don't know if I missed. I I guess I will. I, I'd say Wade Barrett. I think was the most disappointing because I just felt like they could have done so much more with him. You know, because when he won that, it was like like he did the stuff with Nexus that was really cool, and he kind of was in like that mid card afterwards for a long time. And when he won the King of the Ring, I thought, man, this is going to really push him over the top. But it just fizzled down. They gave him the bad news gimmick, and that was it. <laughs> I forgot all about him winning King of the Ring. Exactly. What about you? So, so if you had to choose someone other than Chad Gable on the SmackDown side, who would it be? And the people that have competed in the King of the Ring on the SmackDown side would be Kevin Owens, Elias slash Shane McMahon, Ali, Buddy Murphy, uh, Sean Benjamin, Apollo Crews, and Andrade. See, it's kind of an interesting situation because if they're going up against Baron Corbin, naturally it has to be a face. And I feel like none of those faces are... I guess deserving enough to become King of the Ring. You know what I mean? But if I'm Yeah, I mean I just I see the thing is is like I feel like if it was Kevin Owens was Van Corbin, I kinda of feel like it would be a little predictable that it would be KO. Because like I feel like in in that scenario you would have Shane McMahon throwing everything in his way, every obstacle, uh Baron Corbin doing his cheats and like, then you would have KO miraculously winning. Like, to me, it, it kind of feels like, uh, okay. See, no. I, think I, I think I could have gotten behind Andrade. I mean, I know he's a heel and be heel versus heel. But I think he's someone that could benefit from winning King of the Ring. Yeah. I mean, I mean over, on the, over on the Raw side of things... Like, I probably would go with my original pick of Samoa Joe. Yeah, I I, I kind of had a feeling in terms of heels, at least, if it wasn't going to be Joe, it was going to be Corbin. And, like, I don't know, I'm, I'm 50-50 on Corbin being there, you know, like, I don't know. Like, I mean, Corbin's a fantastic heel. I said it once, I'll say it again, I think he's the best heel WWE has right now. And whether people agree with or disagree with that, that's their opinion. But I, I don't know. Like, no one to me generates as much heat as what Van Corbin does. You know what's surprising to me, though, is we just talked about how Paul Heyman wants to push Cedric Alexander. Right. Well, then how come he had Cedric Alexander lose to Baron Corbin in the quarterfinals? Okay, so. How, how far do you think Cedric could have gotten pushed? Like, how, uh, That's a bad question. How far would you have pushed Cedric Alexander? If, if you were Paul Well, if you want to push him, push him to the end. Well, I'm, not, I'm not saying he has to win King of the Ring, although it would help him a lot. I, th- I see. I think if you're doing the whole slow build thing, I think you give him a better showing than what you did in the, the tournament. So I'll, I'll agree with you there. Well, let's talk about someone who 
doesn't need a King of Ring tournament to get a push, and that is Bailey. Bailey has now turned heel. Um, so essentially, what happened with Sasha Banks returns. She's doing this heel thing with Natty and Becky Lynch, and later on that night, there becomes a tag match with Becky and Bailey. Or I, I can't remember exactly who was all involved, but um, regardless, uh, Becky was in the ring after the match, and Sasha has a chair, and next you know, Bailey comes in, she takes the chair from Sasha, gives a very evil smile, and then at that point, I, we all knew what was happening, and she just starts going to town, shot after shot after shot after shot, and in the week since, she basically says that she has this allegiance to Sasha, and she's her best friend, and all this other stuff, um... I, are, are you all in on a, a Bailey heel turn? Yeah, her hugging gimmick is stale. Yeah, and that's been the complaint with Bailey for a while now. So they had to do something. I mean, Becky Lynch, her character was stale. They turn around. And and have they had her do something about it? Right. She became the man, and she's won multiple titles. So now, hopefully, this heel turn, a uh, similar thing could happen with Bailey, and she can do uh, some good things in the women's division. I-, I will say this though: Have you noticed how the women's division seems to revolve around the same four people? For a horsewoman. Yeah. Yeah. I've noticed that. I mean, I I get it. They're all talented. But, but, like, you you can't showcase anyone. Like, I mean, they showcase Alexa Bliss, you know, but at at the same time, it's like the Iconics. The Iconics had those titles for how long, and they were barely on TV. That's because, in my opinion... I think they they called them up too early. The Iconics? Yeah. yeah. They just don't seem like they fit with the women's revolution and the wrestling style. They just... I, I don't know. I, I'm really? barely entertained by them. See... I, I love the Iconics. I think their gimmick really is just to piss people off. <laughs> and it works, because whenever they came out, people got annoyed with them. And to me, it's the whole Lake Cool factor all over again. And It, it is, but Lake Cool could wrestle. They can't. How dare you, good sir? That is Peyton Royce. She is a beauty from the gods, and this is how you treat her. She is physically flawless, my friend. You leave Peyton Royce out of this. Uh, another problem I have with the division <laughs> is... Just right over you. <laughs> yeah, just right over you. Um, what about Asuka? I mean, you can help build the division around her. But they weren't really doing anything with her. So they decided, oh, okay, well, we got this other Asian from NXT. We're going to call her up and stick you guys in a tag team, even though she's a pirate. 
But see, and, and that annoyed me. I, I will give you that, because Kyrie Sane is way more talented than, I would say, 60% of the 70% tops of the main roster. And the fact that you put her in a stereotypical tag team with Asuka, like, are you kidding me? Like, no, I will say Asuka does need a, uh, a voice, like a manager. So I am glad that Paige is working with her. But, oh, like I said, I, I don't like the tag team. I mean, they're not even going anywhere with it. Yeah. I agree. But going back to Bailey, I mean, I, I don't know if I'm fully sold on her as a heel. Because I feel like if you're a heel, you should be coming out with the Bailey buddies and then doing the stuff that she's been doing. I feel like you should be coming out like a straight walk to the ring, like taking your time smiling at the crowd. Like, she, she's not doing anything heelish, and that's my biggest problem with it. How great would that be if, like, she comes out and those air buddies start going up, and all of a sudden she takes out, like, a sharp <laughs> object. And just starts deflating them? And it starts popping all of them. Oh, and then she slowly walks to the ring. And then that's, that's kind of like her her thing. That's like her new entrance. She just slowly walks to the ring. <laughs> um, like, well, if you know, one of my favorite things that happened on Raw was with Lacey Evans. Lacey Evans comes out and, like, she put her hand out for, like, a fan to kiss it. The fan goes in and then she just pulls her hand right back. Like, that, like that's what I like. I like the... Any kind of interaction that, that defines you as a heel. Something that says, I'm a heel and this is why. And I feel like Bailey coming out as usual does not make me buy into the fact that she's a heel. Yeah, I'm not buying it either. Yeah. Alright, so, are you ready for your Clash of Champions preview, my friend? Oh, I'm ready. Alright, well, this, like every other preview show that we do right here on the Pro Wrestling Podcast, is brought to you by Power Slam TV. PowerSlam TV has the top promotions and celebrities in the pro wrestling world offering events, shoots, and other related content available for the first time in a single massive location that can be watched on smartphones, computers, and connected TVs. PowerSlam TV showcases premium pro wrestling content from countries all over the world. Use promo code ProWrestlingPod, that's all one word, ProWrestlingPod, for a month free on us. Visit PowerSlam TV for more info. So... First off, before we get into this, how excited are you for the show? For a uh, Clash of Champions? Yeah. Uh, let's see, on a scale of 1 to 10, I'd put myself at maybe uh, 6 or 7. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think the build's been decent. I don't think it's been anything... Wildly huge, but I, I think they did an okay job at building it up. Like, there's only a few matches I'm really looking forward to. I mean, some of the matches I'm like, eh, okay. Right. Well, there's 11 matches announced. 11 matches. Um, I get the concept, every title's on the line, but at the same time, I'm kind of thinking... Oof, this, this could be a long night. Um, it it sounds like a long night when you say 11 matches. Right. Like, that's like, um, like you're nearing WrestleMania 
amount <laughs> that point. But, but let's be honest. How much of that is going to take place on the pre-show? Because oh, they've had matches yes. on there. I mean, they do yeah. it all the time. Yeah. I mean, you could have a women's tag team match on there. Or you could have a Intercontinental or United States Championship match in there. Yeah, which which is, I'm sure, what they're going to do anyway. Alright, so as usual, I'll announce the card and we'll just go right down the list. So we have Bailey versus Charlotte Flair in a regular singles match for the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship. Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman defending their WWE Raw Tag Team titles against Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler. A singles match for the universal title between said tag team partners, Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman. Kofi Kingston defending his WWE Championship against Randy Orton. Drew Gulak defending his Cruiserweight title against, oh god, Humberto Carrillo and Lince Dorado. The New Day members Big E and Xavier Woods defending their SmackDown tag titles against The Revival. Shinsuke Nakamura defending his WWE Intercontinental title against The Miz. Becky Lynch defending her Raw Women's title against Sasha Banks. Roman Reigns versus Eric Rowan in the only match of the night that's not for a title in a no-disqualification match. Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross defending the women's tag team titles against Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville, which apparently they're named Fire and Desire, which I love that name. AJ Styles defending his United States title against Cedric Alexander. So, let's go right down the list. Bailey versus Charlotte for the SmackDown women's title. Who you got and why? Anything? Good? Matt? Are you sleeping? Uh, I think Matt is sleeping. Matt? I don't know if you can hear me right now. This is a first. Matt is, I think, sleeping on the podcast. I'm not cutting this out. I'm keeping this in. I don't know. I, th- I think I heard some snores. Let me uh, send him a quick text right now. <laughs> um, anyway, I, I don't. I don't know what to do. This is a. This is a first. Um, all right, I guess I'm going to go down the line and say my picks. Um, Bailey versus Charlotte Flair for the SmackDown Women's title. Uh, I think Bailey's going to keep it. I think she's going to retain. Um, everyone thinks Charlotte's going to win her ninth title. Um, Bailey just turned heel. If she loses, she loses all momentum that she's somewhat started, I guess, up until this point. So, Matt, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm sorry about that. Were you sleeping? Uh, no, I'm just looking stuff up. <laughs> I, sent you a, I sent you a text that said, wake up, because I legitimately thought I heard you snoring. Yeah, I just, I just switched over to my text messages, and I've just seen it. <laughs> so anyway, Bailey versus Charlotte. Who you got? Uh... 
I'm going to go with, ba- with Bailey. Okay. I have the scenario played out in my head. Okay. What if Bailey has her belt and hypothetically Sasha uh, gets the other belt? Do you have okay. them go after the tag team titles? Oh, to create like a duo, uh, a dual championship thing. Yeah, just have them win all the belts. Yeah, that's actually a good scenario. I like that. I like it a lot, actually. Create mega heels. I mean, like I think every once in a while, the women's division needs some kind of wake up call, and I think that could actually be the start of it. It could be. Okay, well, so we're one for one. We both agree that Bailey will retain. So moving on, the second match, Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman defending the Raw Tag Team Tells against Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler, a.k.a. the team I never thought I needed. Which is true. I love Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler. I love their pairing. But I don't know how this one's going to pull. This is a very tricky match just because that they face each other later in the night for the Universal title. Um... I don't, I'm, I'm torn. I really am. But if I have to pick, I'm going to say they're going to retain. You're talking about uh, them staying united? And no, I didn't say united. I think that they are going to retain, but they're going to be tag team partners that hate each other. I, th- I think that after this, they're, they're going to constantly bicker back and forth and want to destroy each other because of the universal title being around their waist. And I, th- I think, put it this way, I think if any title leaves them first between the Raw Tag Team titles and the Universal, I think WWE will put the Universal title on someone else and then these two will drop the tag titles after that, if that makes sense. I don't, I don't know, because I think it's only a matter of time before they implode. Do you think this is it? Ah, man. Yeah, I'm going to say that they lose the belts. Okay. So we have our first disagreement of the night, and it's only the second match in. Well, that could be a good thing, though, Nick. Look how many times we started agreeing with each other early on. And True. then, it, of course, we all know the same story. Okay. I all right. Uh, you, you don't have to say it. Um, <laughs> so that leads to Seth Rollins versus Braun Strowman. Um, I, I don't know. See, again, this is another one I'm torn on because I want Braun to have the title, but I don't know if this is the right time to put the title on him. Um, I don't know. I feel like if they retain, in my scenario at least, if they retain the Raw Tag titles, I'm thinking maybe the Universal title is going to switch hands to Braun. So I, I guess I'll say Braun. Uh, you know, why not? I think we have another disagreement here, Nick. Crap. Because I'm thinking Seth Rollins is going to win. Okay. I think 
I think he's going to win. And he's going to enter into this feud with, um, I don't know whether to call him Bray Wyatt or The Fiend. Oh! Because we... Yeah, because The Fiend's mentioned going after it, so... Or Bray Wyatt or whoever he's... Do you think he's going to get involved in this match? I think it's likely. Yeah, I think so too. I I think that's how we close out the show, is with The Fiend getting involved. Yeah, I see the lights going off and him showing up. Yep. Good old Fiend style. Alright, so Kofi defending his WWE Championship against Randy Orton. I am still shocked Kofi has that title. I thought he would have lost it by now. Um, so I, I, I'm gonna, I think I'm just going to keep saying until Kofi loses it. I'm going to go Randy Orton. See, I have a hard time going against Kofi because every time I do, he <laughs> ends up winning. Because <laughs> I've picked him to lose it a couple different times now. Right. So, so are we disagreeing again? No, I'm going to go with Randy Orton. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think the whole AEW trying to sign him, I think that kind of is why he's challenging for the belt. Yeah. And if his contract is coming up in 2020, I think they'll put it on him, and maybe he'll lose it, like, around the Royal Rumble. Right. That's fair. So, what about, uh, we always skip the Cruiserweight matches, or not skip, but we can glance over them. Drew Gulak defending his Cruiserweight title against Humberto Carrillo. That is a hard name to say. And Lince Dorado. Uh, it's almost like picking a name out of a hat, really. That's how I feel. Uh, the second guy you mentioned, I've never even heard of the guy. Is Dorado still with Lucha House Party? Yes. Are, are they still a thing? They're still a thing, from what I understand. So, I'm not sure if that plays into your opinion, but I, I kind of feel like Gulak won the title not too long ago, so I'm going to say Gulak retains. Yeah, I'm gonna go Gulak. Okay. Again, it's it's just picking a name out of a hat at this point. Um, the New Day defending their SmackDown Tag Team Toes against the Revival. This is gonna be an interesting one. I think that this match, I don't want to say it could steal the show, but I think it's gonna be a very good contest. I'm gonna go with the Revival, my team. Um, I love the New Day, but I feel like... Then with the titles, it's starting to be a little much. I just think that the Revival were another team that a lot of people think could go to AEW. Maybe this is WWE's way of tossing them a carrot. So I'm, I'm going with Scott Dawson and Dash Wilder. Yeah, this is one of those doesn't really matter kind of matches. Like, there's no favorite. No, there's not. I, I just feel like they haven't really had a whole lot of interaction with each other. Right. I kind of feel like it's been pushed a little bit because the revival's with Randy Orton now. And and obviously New Day and, and Kofi, but like, 
I don't like. I like that element of it, but at the same time, I kind of wish that this was more organic than than what it has been. Yeah, it just seems more forced than anything. Because yeah, they're with Randy Orton, who happens to be feuding with Kofi, but that's it. It's, it's more like the revival, and Randy Orton's been feuding with Kofi. Exactly. I mean, it seems like Big E and Xavier have been non-factors during all of this. Right. So who you got? See, at the same time, that kind of, like, worries me a little bit. Like, okay, well, Big E and Xavier, they're, like, a non-factor. Should they even be the champions? Right. And, and that's where I kind of feel, like, putting the titles on the revival right now, to me, makes sense. Because New Day's kind of just been chilling right now. They hit, like, they've been involved, obviously, but... I don't know, to me it just seems like if you really want to make a great heel tag team, now would be a great time to put the belts on the Revival. Yeah, I think I might have to go with you on the Revival. Alright. Shinsuke Nakamura defending his WWE Intercontinental title against The Miz. The Miz could go for a record nine-time reign. I... I, I, for, for Shinsuke's sake, I hope they give the title to The Miz, because I feel like Shinsuke just, he, he's not doing anything for me. <laughs> I mean, he's just not. Um, I, I, I would prefer it on The Miz, someone who can do wonders with that title. Uh, I'm going to go with Nakamura. Because he does have Sami Zayn in his corner. That could be the wild card. Yeah. That's fair. I, I don't know. I, I I can see it going both ways, but I would love to see Miz. As, also, I'm very biased because he's from Cleveland, so maybe that has something to do with it. Yeah, I feel like every time I pick the Miz, he loses, so... <laughs> Becky Lynch defending her Raw Women's title against Sasha Banks. Um, I, I, I feel like... I don't know. Like, I don't want Becky to lose the title, but at the same time, I want Sasha to win it because I feel like Sasha just came back. Like, she needs the momentum. At the same time, Becky Lynch has done wonders as a champion. So, this one's kind of a toss-up for me. Um, but part of me says, well, if Bailey is retaining, then why not put that title on Sasha? So, I guess I'll go Sasha. Yeah, I'm going Sasha, too. Uh, she just returned TV, and they're pushing her, and they're pushing her hard. Yeah. So that leads me to believe she's going to win the belt. Yeah. And in wrestling, there's kind of like this rule. There's always more money in the good guy chasing after the bad guy with the belt rather than the bad guy chasing the good guy who has the belt. Right. So, okay, we're in agreement, which is good. Roman Reigns versus Eric Rowan in a no disqualification match. I like Rowan in this. Um, they, they kind of they're actually starting to give him mic time, which is amazing because he's been in on the main roster for such a long time and barely said two words. Uh, Roman does not need a win here. Um, I really think that if he loses out in a feud, I don't think it's going to kill him at all. Um, Eric Rowan, on the other hand, if you make him lose to Roman, it, it doesn't. It, it knocks him back down even further. And I kind of feel like if you're building him up at this point, give Eric Rowan a win. 
Yeah, if you're going to build him up, you got to give him the win. I do feel like Roman Reigns does deserve a pay-per-view win, though. I mean, I don't have my notebook in front of me to actually look and see how he's done these last few pay-per-views. I actually left the notebook over at your house. (laughs) Which we keep forgetting to... (laughs) So, this time around, the show and everything, I've been... uh, I got my old iPhone that I've been taking notes on and looking stuff up. The screen's, like, really small on here. So, sometimes I'm looking stuff up on my phone. Not to mention, during the show, I've had people text me over and over. I'm like, I'm busy right now, doing the show. (laughs) <laughs> Mr. Popular over there, huh? Uh, some nights my phone just doesn't stop. Did Roman Reigns not wrestle on SummerSlam? Because I'm looking at the card and I don't see his name. I don't think he did now I think about it. Yeah, it's it's not on there. Um, I don't know if you want to count Smackville as an actual event. Um, not really. Which, uh, he didn't even wrestle on that either. Wow. Roman hasn't wrestled on pay-per-view in... in a while, apparently. Um, is he still is... considered the face of the company? Now that John Cena's, like, in Hollywood? I think so. Uh, I, I just think it's a different role. I mean, Cena was everywhere, main eventing everything, winning all the time. I think they did that with Roman, but after his uh, leukemia battle, I kind of felt like they dialed it back, because I think WWE kind of realized, like, Maybe there's more money in it if we build him up and then have him win. And I kind of think that's what they're going to do, especially now. Because while we're in September, you still have to think WrestleMania and the road to WrestleMania, it's still a ways away, but you you got to plan way ahead. And I think if you're doing something like that, I think maybe, not necessarily now, but just in the near future, I think you're going to have to start building Roman up a little bit. Or it could be because they've seen how it was when they pushed John Cena down everyone's throats. They started doing that with Roman Reigns, and the crowd started reacting pretty bad towards him. Yeah. So could it be that they're trying to avoid that? I think so. I think they have something to do with it. By the way, the last two pay-per-views that Roman Reigns was on was Extreme Rules and SummerSlam, and he won both times. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Eric Rowan, then. Okay. Yeah, I, I kind of just feel like, again, it's not going to hurt Roman if if Eric gets the win. Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross defending their women's tag team belts against Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. I like. I, I didn't think I'd like the pairing of Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, but I do. Um, I don't know. I, I kind of think that the belts would just feel right on Mandy and Sonya, but... I don't know if now's the right time, so I'm going to say Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross retain. Yeah, I'm going to go with that same pick. Same reason, just doesn't really feel right? Yeah, just... I, I don't know, we were talking about earlier on um, women who don't really seem like they belong. And... Sometimes I feel that way about this tag team of Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. I think think it could be better if they were broken up. And and you want to know the funny thing about that? 
is that the Iconics, along with Manny Rose and Sonya Deville, well, I'll start with the Iconics. They actually, they've been best friends almost their whole lives, the Iconics. Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville were best friends for a very long time before WWE. So I just I just think that's funny to me. No, they met in the um, Tough Enough. Yeah, which I think was before they got... Well, were they technically signed during Tough Enough? No, they. that's how they met, is through Tough Enough. Yeah, well, I mean, but either way, like, they've been friends for a long time, is what I'm getting at. Like, like BFF friends. Like, they even have their own YouTube channel dedicated to the meeting donuts. Like, it's, like, their friendship runs deep. And I, I just I just find it funny that we kind of agree, like, man, they should probably break up. Yeah, I just, you look at it on screen, it looks like an oddball pairing. Because you got Mandy Rose doing this whole irresistible thing. But then you got Sonya Deville, who's like MMA. Like, well, because it's sort of like the stake in the sizzle reference. You know, like, Mandy Rose is the sizzle. Like, she's the, the, the flavor, the, the scent that, that attracts you. And then Sonya Deville's like the, the tough part of it, you know? Yeah, I don't think that works. I think it's okay. I mean, I, I agree. I think they kind of have run their course a little bit. Uh, last but not least, AJ Styles versus Cedric Alexander for the United States title. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, they, they, I think they've done a good job building Cedric, but there's also a part of me that thinks AJ Styles might retain because of the OC getting involved in some capacity. Yeah, but I think on the flip side, don't you see like Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman getting involved and costing AJ the belt? If not both of them, at least one of them. Hmm. That is a really interesting point. Um. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I guess Cedric. That kind of convinced me a little bit. I think I'm going to go Cedric. Uh, I'm going to go AJ. Okay. That's, that's a tough call. I had to throw you off a little bit. You did. And I'm actually a little pissed that you did. But, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. So how are you feeling? Feeling all right. Feeling good? Yeah, better than Aldo Montoya. Ooh, ouch. Man, that that was incredible, what you just said. <laughs> okay. Um, anyway, you want to hit the show, the Gmail's ProWrestlingPod at gmail.com. Once again, ProWrestlingPod at gmail.com. Facebook.com slash ProWrestlingPod. Once again, Facebook.com slash ProWrestlingPod. Twitter is at ProWPodcast. Once again, at ProWPodcast. ProWrestlingPod.blogspot.com, your official website, blog posts, interviews, episodes, all that good stuff. Available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, right here on Anchor. And by the way, we are at 85% considered WWE versus AEW to be a non-war and 15% agree with you. So, I think I was way higher in my opinion than what you were. 
I was raising conspiracy because earlier it was 20%. Mm. 20% yeah. was supposed to go up, go, not down. <laughs> oh, it went down just like your height. So, my name is Nick. My name is Matt. My daughter's nursery rhymes are more aggressive than this. It's a war. I can't help but look at the button, JR. What?